my name's Chris Wolf. I am a singer-songwriter. That covers a lot of ground for many genres. So I'll say I'm probably Americana slash folk, although I hate the, the term folk musician, but that's probably the best fit for what I do. A lot of people know me for my novelty songs. However, I do write serious songs, but unfortunately people don't remember those. They remember the ones about poop and butts and stuff like that, <laughs> which is fine, you know. I always say, um, I, I know I'm, I'm known as the poop and butt guy, but if you look deeper, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> Moon is full, shining bright, then she hears you say, poop on the moon, and I don't mean to be rude. Poop on the moon, I know it kills the mood, but there's poop on the moon. probably when I was um, six or seven years old and a local teenage girl with our was mine and my sister's babysitter and I thought she was really cool and she was probably 14 or something but I thought she was grown you know and she would come over with Beatle records and the Dave Clark five and and Paul Revere and the Raiders and I thought that was really cool that was my first exposure to popular music my mom and dad were jazz freaks and I didn't realize, you know, it, it's just it didn't dawn on me until years later. But they were into jazz and they would listen to uh, a lot of uh, Ramsey Lewis and Oscar Peterson. And at that point, I was all about Becky and her records when she would come babysit. And then shortly after she started babysitting us, then the TV show, The Monkees came out. And that's what got me. And my first instrument was two Quaker oak boxes, which are actually cylinders. And they, I found some electrical tape in my dad's garage and I taped them together and I played bongos. <laughs> and my first song was all, actually called Bongo Player. And that was the only lyric, Bongo Player, oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> but then um, I didn't do anything with music. I, I, I was passionate about listening to it, but I didn't ever see myself performing or anything until I was in my early 20s and my middle brother Joe asked for a guitar for Christmas and my dad got him this old Sears, used Sears uh, hollow body electric guitar and he plinked around on it. I was, I had already moved out of the house but uh, my youngest brother was still living there and he was probably 12 or maybe 13 and he picked up the guitar and just took over. And and he's pretty well known in the music scene in Indy. He was the bass player for the Birdman of Alcatraz. And he plays in many projects and he covers everything from jazz to rock to, uh, you name it, he can play it. But he became a monster. And so when my, my uh, wife at the time and I would go visit my parents, I would always say, hey, Steve, show me something on guitar. And he would show me how to play Walk This Way or, or Sunshine of Your Love or something like that. And then I forgot about it. Well, the day after I got married to my first wife, we didn't have any money. And um, her sister put us up in the Hyatt Regency, which was brand new with the Eagle's Nest. We 
got our room and we threw all the envelopes from the wedding down and we counted up our money and it wasn't a whole lot maybe 500 bucks but to us that was like whoa you know we were mid-20s and the next morning they were having um the wnap free fair which was kind of like the wtts garage sale that they do at the fairgrounds but this was at the convention center and we went down there with our big handful of money and my wife got a winter coat and I got an Ibanez acoustic guitar and that was the day after we got married and she claimed from that day on this is not the man I married um, because I'd become obsessed with the guitar and so I started playing and um, I took some lessons from a, a local legend Dave Morgan great fingerstyle acoustic guitar player blues guy and then he started booking me to play shows this is in the early 80s but I didn't I was green I didn't know anything about it and I was just doing old uh, blues covers Mississippi John Hurt and and Blind Blake and stuff like that and and I wrote a couple of songs but um, that was not like my focus I was trying to become I wanted to be the next Leo Kotke because when the first time I heard Leo Kotke it completely changed my entire view of the guitar um, I was playing with a flat pick and strumming John Prine and Neil Young, and then I heard Leo Kotke, and I was like, I want to sound like that guy. And so I started researching, and I, and that led me to the, the the blues guys, and then the blues guys led me to Merle Travis and Chet Atkins and Jerry Reed, and that you know that took me through the whole gamut. And so the '80s and early '90s, I didn't listen to any radio music or anything. I didn't know what was even going on. I was listening to acoustic finger style guitar players whether it's back to the blues or, or current day masters like like leo kotke and um and so after a while i didn't really enjoy playing in these bars because nobody wanted to hear what i was doing and looking back i'm like wow i can't even believe i went and played that stuff i can't believe that people sat there and didn't throw stuff at me because it was not what anybody is familiar with and you play bar gigs especially back then you had to play covers you had to please people's ear that was the thing back then so after a while um i started to fade out of the the music scene i started my own construction company and then my wife was diagnosed with lymphoma i had two kids and a, and a fresh construction company started and she started having chemo and blood transfusions. And so the guitar went in a case and and it stayed there well after my wife passed. And I didn't play for, gosh, seven years, probably eight years. I didn't even pick up a guitar. And then I started dating Diane and I've known Diane for many years. And she was at some of those shows where I was playing the old blue stuff. <laughs> So anyway, so I started following this guy named Bob Schneider out of uh, Austin, Texas, and and we both became huge fans. And she said, you know, you should get your guitar out and start playing again. You could do this. And I was like, well, you know, that I mean, Tom Waits and Bob Schneider really grabbed my writer's ear. Um, I was like, that's what a song should be, not "Baby, I Love You" every other song but you know things are dirty out there and life is hard and 
And that's, I was like, that's what I want to write about. And then there, at the same time, I mean, if you listen to Schneider, Bob Schneider and listen to Tom Waits, there's a lot of humor in it too. He, a lot of it's tongue in cheek, but, but it's not all um, serious. You know, they take a lighter approach to a lot of things. And, and I also was um, a big fan of like Arlo Guthrie and Jim Stafford and the, the guys that were doing the, the funny stuff too. I grew up on the Smothers Brothers. That was another thing my parents had that really drew me to to the comedy side. So anyway, so um, yeah, I started writing again and um, I started taking writing serious. And that was back in 2001 or two, well, probably two and never looked back. And I've, I've continued to follow that path of writing and trying to make people feel something, not just, oh, that's a sweet song. Although I do have a couple that I would hope that they would say that. But I try to make people either laugh. I love to make people laugh, but I also try to make them see the real life that's going on out there. And that's where my focus has been since Diane convinced me to pick my guitar back up. And uh, I'm glad she did because I've, I've completely grown in a completely different direction from the guy I was when I put the guitar away. Don't worry, I'll do all the work. Just like old Trick Dick before he was a jerk. I know that you will do your part. Cause you always had that stone cold heart. Right now, you know, with the shutdown, you know, I'm mostly an original song guy, and when I play gigs, I'm about 90% originals. But during the shutdown, I decided to hunker down and learn some covers, but not just Wagon Wheel and everything like that. But things that are going to sound familiar to people's ear, or that they, they will hear and go, oh, I haven't thought about that song forever. Like I do um, Venus by Shocking Blue, or songs that most people have not heard, but I think they should hear it. Like, um, I like the old meat better by Keb Moe, which is a brilliant song, but you know, Keb Moe gets just a little more play than I get. <laughs> and he's, he's a fantastic artist. So, um, I started doing that and I started recording them on the toilet, sitting on the toilet with the, the lid down and my pants on and I call them toilet seat covers. And there's a, I have that on my YouTube channel. So if you look up, uh, Chris Wolf songs on YouTube, there's um, one little section, I got eight or nine toilet seat covers, and you can hear the, the album on there for free. And then I have um, my website, chriswolfsongs.com, and it's just got a smattering of videos and junk. And um, we're waiting for Square Cat Vinyl to open back up so I can continue my open mic because that was um, a beautiful thing, and I met so many great artists, seasoned vets, young kids that have never played on stage, older people that have never played on stage. And it was a beautiful thing and that's been shut down and, and I really miss that too. One, two, three, four. I just released a record on uh, February 28th was my release party and March 14th was the world shut down. So I've got this huge stack of records, <laughs> uh, CDs actually, that um, 
I need, I can't wait to get back out there because I got to unload some, I call it butt seriously folk and it's butt with two T's of course. And the reason I call it that is because it's got butt songs, serious songs and folk songs. They kind of are self-explanatory, but they kind of run together. So it's, it's nine songs and a commercial, uh, a fake commercial parody commercial. And it has some really great local musicians. John Gilmore produced it with me and did the recording. Um, I've got um, Doug Sauter and Rod Schindler from Midwest Rhythm Exchange and Aaron Ransdell from Midwest Rhythm Exchange. I've got Kara Jean Wallers and, and John's wife singing backup vocals. D-Rock from uh, Bulletproof Soul Band plays trumpet. I've got uh, Mike Angel as voiceover on a couple of tunes, including the, the fake commercial. So that's my, my latest project. In that nighttime sky comes rolling in. Man, it feels just like a dear old friend. The kind that's always there, come what may. Sometimes.